It's Big Dog Ball Talk. NBA trade deadline 2024 recap. Matt Eichhorn, Jordan Flegel, the big dog. After the dog pound. Jordan, it was a, uh, you know, we, we told the listeners, anyone who's been listening to the podcast uh, for a long time, uh, if it's your first time, welcome. Uh, you, you came at a good time. We said this was not going to be a crazy NBA trade deadline. Uh, obviously, you know, last year's being insane. I, I, I actually think the year before might have also had uh, quite a few uh, big big moves. But, yeah. uh, you know, the, the, this one, we knew it was going to be more of the role player uh, trade deadline. Contenders really shoring up their fronts, teams that are on the bubble, making or breaking their season, kind of choosing a direction, which... For a real basketball pundit, you know this can be an interesting, uh, interesting time to see the directions that each squad takes. Uh, you know, or wh- whether they decide to just kind of sit on their hands and uh, roll the dice with yep. the team they already have. Uh, and you know, we're going to break down a couple teams that made some uh, some fairly big moves that could, you know, maybe shift the odds in their favor once we get to the postseason here, Jordan. But overall, I mean, how did you feel about this uh, this year's trade deadline? I mean, last year was the stars uh, deadline this year was the deadline of the role player uh and and yeah i i i I liked it yeah if you're a diehard fan if you sort of know the intricacies of all these teams like yeah there's not really any big names that have been traded they were all traded earlier in the season like it's easy to forget james harden was actually traded that 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 was this season when he went from philly to uh to the clippers uh and then you had the og i mean you can almost forget that he was even in philly I know, I know. It's wild. Uh, I mean, hey, he's doing well now, so, you know, I'm sure he has no regrets, mm-hmm. uh, you know, throughout his career. But, uh, you know, you had that one. You had the Siakam and, uh, you know, pa- uh, OG one that, that happened, f- you know, well before the deadline, which is unusual. Like, if these had all happened all on on Thursday, it would have felt like more of a normal uh, or like, you know, at least a, yeah. or even a pretty busy trade deadline. But, yeah, this one was pretty subdued. But, yeah, th- I think there was still a lot of moves little subtle moves that uh, are going to make, uh, you know, a difference to a lot of these contending teams. Um, and then you had a few teams like, uh, you know, Charlotte finally starting to sort of understand how bad they are, uh, trying to you know, sort of sell off some of their pieces, starting with that Rosier move from a couple of weeks ago. Um, uh, so some, some other teams, you know, finally understanding they need to be sellers. The Bulls, uh, not one of them, uh, unfortunately, but we, we predicted that. Yep, yep. Well, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're going to get into it now, Jordan, and we might as well start it off uh, with, you know, our team. Uh, maybe not our team for very much longer, though, uh, as we kind of discussed off air. Uh, but the <laughs> Toronto Raptors making some moves at the deadline, something Masai claims he doesn't like to do, but uh, I feel like of all GMs, he's almost the most consistent to do it. Uh, yep. But the, the the two big trades made by the Raptors, uh, first one coming with the Utah Jazz, uh, they acquired Kelly Olenek, a little Cam Loops boy, uh, and Oche Abaji from the, uh, the, the the Jazz, and the Jazz in turn received Kira Lewis Jr., Otto Porter Jr., and a 2024 first-round pick Jr., the worst of the Oklahoma City <laughs> Thunder Clippers, yes. Houston, uh, Houston Rockets, and also the Utah Jazz, which right now would be good for the 29th overall pick in yep. this year's draft. The other move they made... Sending uh, some old heads out of the way, uh, sending Dennis Schroeder and Thad Young to the Brooklyn Nets in exchange for Spencer Dinwiddie, who was uh, promptly bought out. Uh, no Din Shitty up in the six. Uh, and we will be talking a little bit about, uh, about Dinwiddie a little bit later here. Uh, but essentially here, Jordan, the Raptors making two kind of conflicting moves. You know, getting a veteran in Olenek and you know a, a, a usable role player in Abaji. Uh, but then kind of liquidating some of those older assets that they have on the squad and then, you know, uh, essentially just doing it to get rid of them. Obviously, you know, not having any interest in acquiring Dinwiddie. This was just 
purely to get rid of him. So, I mean, we talked a lot about it. We went back and forth. I'm really down on the Raptors' moves at the deadline. Uh, if I'm being honest, again, uh, you know, like I, I didn't like, you know, the, the way the trade worked out with uh, the, the Pacers or the Knicks, really, just because I didn't think we got enough back, uh, especially when it comes to you know, youth or just uh, picks. Yeah. This time, uh, I, I just don't really, uh, I, I don't get the, the, the point of it either. Uh, you know, you're giving up a first round pick to the Jazz, and even though, you know, it is almost a second round pick. You need all the picks you can get. you got to build for the future. This is a rebuild. Uh, Abaji and Olenek are serviceable players. They're going to actually hurt you now because you might be able to win a couple more games, even though they're essentially just filling in for, uh, for, for Schroeder and Young. But even then, it's like, well, why would you make the move for two decent guys? Like, Why wouldn't you just get two younger guys, two more guys you can take a chance on or just even look deeper in your bench and just go fully bad? Like, It just seems like they took one step in one direction, kind of got scared, and then went right back into the shallow end. Yeah, and that's that's how I felt immediately. I didn't really, yeah, both of these moves didn't really make sense. Although I know in our last uh, pod, I, I said, you know, I, I wanted them to move on from these vets to sort of clear the way for what's going to be a real rebuilding team now. Uh, and mostly who I was talking about was Dennis Schroeder because he, you know, he came in to fill a role, uh, you know, to basically to replace Fred Van Vliet on a team that was still trying to be good. Trying, uh, Masai was holding yeah. on for for dear life. His hands were shaking. His knuckles were, uh, you know, swollen. Trying to hold on to this team, actually, maybe somehow being good. Um, and so Dennis was signed for that purpose, and he really sort of, you know, took took the reins like he like it was the German national team when he was out out there. Uh, and, uh, you know, mm-hmm. his, his usage was, he just, started hot in the season. No, in the beginning wasn't. of the season, it looked like maybe this could work, but and you uh, look at his stats even still now. And it's like, Oh, he's a, he's a good player. He is. But in this const- context, he was the worst guy to have. Cause he was just gonna, you know, t- t- yeah, t- yeah, t- yeah. you know, demand having the ball most of the time when he's out there on the court, he doesn't really make other guys better that much, even though his assist numbers, you know, around six per game, they look better, uh, than sort of, he actually, the, the, the actual playmaking he brings to the table. And I, I like him in certain situations and mm-hmm. he's going to, the, the nets kind of need a point guard to sort of take the bull by the horns and sort of take control of that offense. Um, you know, a little bit, they don't really have that. So I think he's going to play that role in Brooklyn much better. So I'm glad that they, they ultimately, they moved on from him. Obviously, you know, you send out Thad as well, who, Thad is fine. Thad was a great veteran guy for us. Um, you know, he was, he played a little bit, uh, in, uh, Jakob's absence and stuff, but we don't need Thad. I'm not going to cry mm-hmm. over it. He, he had a great Raptors tenure just as a, you know, a, a bench guy, a character guy. Um, and I'm really glad yep, that yep. I'm, I'm really he, glad uh, that he, he did break Joel Embiid's ankles. Everyone yes, he can, did. Uh, <laughs> yes, give that him was credit the, for that. That was the, the main, uh, headline highlight. I'll always remember that one, but, uh, I, I'm also mm-hmm. glad that we didn't keep, the uh, Dinwiddie. I'm glad that we just took on his expiring uh, and then yeah. you know, bought him out because he would have done the exact same thing as Dennis, even worse. Like you, you just, there's no point having a guy like that on mm-hmm. a, on a mm-hmm. rebuilding kind of young team. Um, and so, and now we, you know, you get flexibility. You don't have to play Den- uh, pay Dennis next year. So all in all, I was I was okay with that move. Um, the 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 other one, yeah, it was confusing. But Matt, I'm gonna zag a little bit. I I am growing to like it more and more Ooh. each passing second because Kelly Olynyk, kind of like how we talked about the the OG move when you're bringing in RJ Barrett. Everyone, all these like pundits being like, oh, if if you're doing it just because he's a Canadian, I think that's kind of skewing your your 
view of it a little bit. You're maybe thinking of him too highly, yada, 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 about R.J. Barrett. And I think similarly, people might say that about Kelly Olenek. Like, that's not a reason to bring a guy in. I don't care. I'm a Canadian basketball yeah. fan who has been who has always wanted uh, Canadians on the Raptors. It, it's cool. It's more fun. And it's, and finally it, it might be a guy where it's like, Oh yeah, even though he's a expiring, we'll, we'll have his bird rights and he'll actually want to resign with us. And maybe even at a bit of a discount. Cause like he's, you know, it's like a homecoming from him. Mm-hmm. And he said that he's already come out and said, if I can spend the rest of my career in Toronto, I'll, I'll do that. And it's like, that's, that's amazing. We haven't had that advantage uh, that, you know, a lot of other teams have where, you know, players from that state or that city come and, you know, just want to, to be there. And so, yeah, he's, he's doesn't fit the timeline of mm-hmm. this team, but he can help them uh, for as long as he's, you know, out there, he's a perfect kind of Darko big who is really versatile. He can shoot it. Like, you yep, know, Kelly, yep. Kelly's just a great, great guy. Passer, to have really, really good passer. Awesome passer. You can play him with Jakob. You can play him as, as sort of the, you know, the, the, the center kind of alone out there as a big. So just, you know, I, I know it doesn't yep. make a lot of sense long-term, uh, but, the way I'm thinking of it is Kelly's almost like a throw-in because, you know, Otto Porter and Kyra Lewis, they were never going to play, whatever. I'm not even thinking about that. It's just this first-round pick. And, yeah, it's kind of yeah, annoying yeah, to give it yeah. up. But yep. but Abaji, like, he's still only 23. I think they're betting that they can develop him into mm-hmm. a player. And whether that's a starter, starting-level player. He's shown player, some flashes. Yeah, and I, I like him. Like, his stats this year are not very impressive at all. But if you look at his rookie year stats, mm-hmm. he was like, 35% from three on like eight points per game, uh, above 80% from the free throw line. And that's not that impressive, you know, uh, you know, a 35% shooter, you know, on the whole, but for a rookie, that's not bad. If you can sort of up that to, to, you know, till you're sure, approaching yeah, yeah. like 38, uh, you know, percent, uh, if not more, um, you know, that's, that's an, that's an awesome guy. And he tries and he's got a good NBA body. Uh, you know, he had a great career at Kansas. Like, you know, he, mm-hmm. he, he, I think he has potential that just, a fellow Jayhawk with uh, with Grady Dick. Well, exactly, yeah. You give you give Grady a little bit, uh, you know, another friend uh, there in the lineup. But uh, no, I, I I think basically what you're doing is you're giving up this first, which you said is going to be at the very very back end, uh, you know, of the first round for uh, Abaji, uh, and mm-hmm. I'm I'm okay with that trade, honestly. Uh, and then you know we'll we'll see whether Kelly Olynyk decides you know to 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 stay. But I think also w- what we were talking about, which doesn't really make sense uh in our eyes we were talking about the raptors should be trying to lose and maybe try and hold on to that uh you know first round pick they owe to san antonio this year the top six protected yep bobby webster came out and basically said we're not going to try and do that we're not going to try and game the system because the rules like even if you are really bad you still you still have a good chance of giving it up um you know whereas you know back in the day you have a better chance of keeping it bobby (laughs) i know and so I'm kind of just giving in, into that now. Like, you know, we, 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 we beat the Rockets. We, uh, who, who did we beat before? Yeah. We beat the Hornets barely. By the skin of our teeth. So we're going, I'm, I'm going back. I'm yep. back in play in mode, baby. I'm back in, get these young that was guys. The, the Rockets without Fred. Yes, without Fred. <laughs> Welcome back, Fred though. Got a nice little ovation, but I'm back in, I'm back in mm-hmm, play in mm-hmm. well mode, deserved. getting these guys some, some experience, you know, Scotty Barnes quickly Barrett. Maybe we can sneak in, win a couple games and, and play the Celtics for fun. Um, so that's where I'm at, Matt. But uh, honestly, I'm I I'm at the end of the day, I'm okay with these moves. They didn't blow me away, but I'm not I'm not as down as you are. 
See, here's the thing. I do like getting Olenek and Abaji. Like, I, like I think you, you you made some good points there. Like, again, getting a Canadian, I think it's cool. I do yeah, like it. Right. Uh, I remember I got a Corey Joseph jersey back there in the day. Go. I still got it. Uh, you know, like, it is cool when you see a, a guy from your area playing for, uh, you know, the, the, the only Canadian franchise in the NBA. Yeah. Uh, you know, as two Canadians, we can appreciate that. But yeah. this is the part that, again, I, I just want to make clear. I don't like this move for the direction of, of where it's taking us. Because again, like you're saying, if they want to play for that play-in spot, which right now they're four games back from the Atlanta Hawks for just the 10 seed, is that really a better attempt? Because there's a good chance, you know, they can probably, like they, they, they probably could get past the Nets. They're a game and a half back from them uh, you know, as of recording this. But let's say, even if you get that 10 seed, is that really any better for you if you play one game extra for the season you that you maybe lose, probably lose, uh, and then you just don't get that six, that you don't get that top six pick, uh, or, or even have the chance to get that top six pick. And then you also now don't have the other first round pick you could have had. Yeah. Uh, and obviously it's 29th right now, but, uh, there's a lot of, uh, things up in the air, uh, between these teams. So True, uh, yeah. I, I, I would rather just have that insurance. I would rather do that because Olenek and Abaji are good enough players, and that's great. I do like that they're good and that, you know, if they, we can keep them for the future, you know, that that's great. But if we're talking present day right now, I just don't understand how this helps you because you're just going to – like, again, the, wor- the worst-case scenario here is they finish 11th, they lose that top six pick yeah. to the Spurs, and now they've also given up that other pick, yeah. and then maybe, like, Abaji doesn't pan out. Then you've essentially mortgaged your future on absolutely nothing. Like, if you come away with this uh, from the Pascal Siakam and, uh, you know, OGN and Obi sweepstakes with essentially just two starters, uh, this is, a, like, again, I, I'm losing more and more faith in the management as we go along. And this one, this is just one of those ones that I don't get. Why make that move? Just to go and try and get like like if, if you're gonna let go Schroeder and Thad Young, then your direction should be embrace the tank, go full rebuild. I don't get why you let two of them go to get inexperienced guys minutes who aren't going to help you win right now, just to try and win right now. Like I I just the it doesn't make any sense. We go in a circle of just no <laughs> the, like like the moves not actually adding up to the direction that they're trying to go in. So I'm uh, I'm. I'm just out because I just think that they've now opened the door for just a complete fucking train wreck uh, of a trade based on how the season is going. Uh, whereas, you know, they, they could have went one direction or the other. I would have been cool if they wanted to go full play in, but you just have to think how can you best effectively do that? And holding on to Schroeder and Thad Young probably would have been a smarter decision than just cutting the two of them and, uh, you know, adding. And they, they just signed Mohamed Gwai, uh, you know, another uh, uh, unproven center who – Maybe won't even get minutes, so and I'm uh, I'm very uh, very. Out. We got justice back, baby. Oh great! Uh, didn't they have him at one point? Yeah, I think already. They did. Well, uh, no, that was maybe that was Josh Jackson. Oh, yeah, yeah, they all meld together. But he's been playing on the 905. Apparently, I haven't really been paying. They attention all suck. To the 905, but uh, great, we got justice. Oh, God. Well, <laughs> I want justice for this goddamn team. Uh, yeah, I, sure. I, I I can't do it anymore. Uh, I, I I wasn't joking, man. I'm pretty much ready to spin the wheel and just pick well, a new team, well, throw no, a dart no, on the board. Matt, I don't no, know. We uh, said, Sai, you're driving me fucking up the wall. We said, I live in Toronto, so obviously, you know, I got to 
I guess if I choose a new team, you know, I, I can pick. But you're now closer to Detroit than you are to Toronto. So that's your new team. True. Congrats, yes. Matt. Yes. You got Simone. Let's go. Come on. Detroit basketball. I, that guy can hoop. I actually like that move. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. it's weird for the Pistons to get him. Like, I would have, like, a contender could have added him as, like, a bench piece. Yes, but, yes. Uh, you know, uh, Simone Vantecchio. Uh, yeah, he's, he's a beast. Uh, but moving on from the Raptors and their uh, just kind of depressing state, yeah. uh, a team that I'm going to show my hand really early here. I love the moves that they made here at the trade deadline. The Dallas Mavericks currently eight in the Western Conference, uh, but they're on a three-game winning streak, Jordan, and uh, they made some interesting money moves here to try and build a team around Luka and Kyrie Irving. Uh, the first trade here, Jordan, coming from uh, – they, they get Dallas Gafford from the, the, the Washington Wizards for a 2024 first-round pick via the Oklahoma City Thunder, uh, and then they weren't done there. They ended up going ahead and getting P.J. Washington for two future for, uh, second-round picks, uh, and then in turn they sent to the Hornets Grant Williams, Seth Curry, and a 2027 first-round pick that's top two protected. Uh, pretty much that, that's an unprotected 2027 first-round pick, you would think, uh, with Lucas still going to be uh, kind of hanging around. Yep. But uh, an interesting move. You know, they get a little bit deeper at uh, two positions of need, Jordan, uh, at center as well as, uh, you know, that power forward uh, stretch four position that, that just – you need a, a really reliable stroke back there uh, when, when you've got Luca handling the rock. Yeah. And I think that this is good, man. Uh, I, I was texting you. I said, I'm a big fan of Gafford. I probably watch more Washington Wizards games than I, I care to admit. <laughs> uh, but he can move. He's a good mobile center. Uh, you know, he's not like he's only about 6'9, 6'10, but he can get up and protect the rim. He can score in the post. Uh, I, I think that, you know, he'll be good to also kind of help teach Derek Lively, uh, yep. you know, mentor him a little bit, uh, get, get, teach him a couple of offensive moves because he's already got the size and uh, defensive uh, attributes down. So, uh, And then you get a guy like P.J. Washington who, while, you know, he's struggled a little bit on the Hornets, uh, you know, as we see with a lot of guys, they leave the Hornets and then they kind of blossom because they're actually playing for a team that gives a shit yeah. uh, about winning. And I think that, you know, I said to you, if he sits in the corner and he could shoot like 38% from three – he will average 20 points per game for yep. this team because Luca will find him wide open so much. And we've seen PJ go off for some pretty big scoring nights in the past just by uh, getting hot from three. So uh, I, I really like the moves. The picks they gave up, it is what it is. You've got Luca, you've got Kyrie. I think that you do kind of want to try and make some noise and compete. And they're only uh, a, a, they're, they're a game and a half back from the sixth spot right now. Uh, so I, I think that. You make that aggressive push. You see how it works. I think all these guys fit really well into the current system and with their roster. Uh, so I, I think you want to look out for the Mavericks a little bit. I still don't have them in that top contender seed spot. But, uh, you know, they, they, they're frisky. They're definitely frisky. I think they're a tough out now. Yeah, I think, in. I mean, people will remember, I thought that they would finish top four uh, in the West. That, uh, again, that's mm -hmm. probably off the table at this point. That should have been our fucking $50 bet. Yeah, yeah I know. I know. I'm just waiting for that e-transfer, Matt. Every day I look at my phone because you know it's uh, it's over. I mean, they probably statistically there's can't still time, even, man. They can't even miss out on the playoffs at this point. Uh, but uh, you know, they, what do you mean if they lose every single game and they finish? Uh, they, what yeah. would that be? Forty-four or four, forty-three and thirty-five? Or thirty-five and forty-three? Could happen. Oh, 30, okay. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, there's still a chance for you, Matt. I'll let you believe that. Uh, you know, we'll give it time. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's like the Dumb and Dumber meme, man. Yeah. You're telling me there's a chance. I'm not sending you the fucking money. Yes. Uh, but uh, yeah, I I agree um, though that you know the, the these are just great moves for the Mavs in terms of win now. Like you you're getting both of these players and you're each of them cost you a first round pick. Plus you 
had to give up some, I, I forget what year it was, but whatever swap they had to give up with San Antonio uh, to get Grant Williams in the first place uh, was, so now you're out that mm-hmm. as well, basically, because this Grant Williams experiment clearly just failed uh, before it even really got off the ground. I mean, I I liked it a yeah, lot. Yeah. I thought he was the perfect guy to put at the four uh, on a Luka team, a guy who could shoot threes uh, and, and who could defend. Um, Weirdly, a locker room issue, though. I know. I, I, yeah. I don't really I, – I like, they kind of said it a little bit in Boston that he was kind of an off guy, and now, now it's kind of coming out that the management and, like, yeah. the, the team kind of turned. I don't know what his deal is, yeah. I think he's just annoying. I think I think that's what it is. I think yeah. he, I don't think he's like a problem where he like gets on anyone's like nerves or like per se. I just he's think just a geek. He, he like just, ah, you're bringing down the vibe. Yeah, I just think he people just don't like him. Like I think the word has been used. He just rubs people the wrong way, and I think he's just kind of corny and is always fucking talking and talking and talking. And, and you could see that literally. I they, they mic'd him up, uh, you know, in in Boston. It was like never do this again. He's way too fucking annoying yeah um and so, i'm gonna make them both yeah 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 and all that shit like he's just it's 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 too much um and so so that is kind of an annoying thing that you can't sort of figure that out because to me grant williams and pj washington kind of fill the same role i think pj washington has has they're both 25 year olds like they're both young uh guys who kind mm-hmm. of you know i think PJ's like six seven. Grant's like a stout six six. So maybe, and I think PJ's a bit more athletic. He can do a little bit more. He's got if a even. Bit higher of a ceiling, but you know, same. It's the same type yeah. of guy you want. Just a guy to stretch the floor and you know do some versatile stuff at at, at the four. Play some defense. Grant's probably the better, uh, probably the better defender too. But yes. uh, the the edge in offense definitely over to uh, to PJ. Yes, yes. And so like it's like I I like it. And it, and if PJ can like, as you say, shake off whatever was going on in Charlotte and play much better, which I think he should, uh, you know, in Dallas, that's mm-hmm. great. But it's basically the same guy, but now you're just out of, out of first. So, it, you know, I, I I like the move, but it's also like, well, that, that was just a, a huge swing and a miss on Grant Williams. You didn't have to go and do that. Mm-hmm. That was kind of your big off-season addition other than drafting Lively. Um, but the Gafford move I really love. I think that's great. And I think he is worth a first. Uh, I, I think he's that good. Another 25-year-old guy who's, you know, you – going to be yeah. around for a while yeah i didn't realize he was averaging like 2.2 blocks per game this year like he is uh he, he can protect yeah man no he's he's good yeah and he can he's, he's got he's got some bunnies he can yeah. move fast block to block like uh he'll, sure. he'll be nice back there yeah he, he's the perfect luca big you know luca center to have you know and he's averaging like you know career highs and almost everything i think he's really another guy mm-hmm. and he's doing that in washington there's another guy who's going to probably break out as soon as he starts playing with the uh you know the ball handlers that mm-hmm. dallas has and, and, and yeah, now if you're the Mavs, it's like you're always going to have uh, either Lively or Gafford or, you know, uh, at, at the very worst, uh, Dwight Powell, who will just be a Maverick for life. Might as well mm-hmm. just make him the, uh, the, the, the executive there. He'll never die. Masai is going to trade for him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah might as well. Um, but, but no, I think that, you know, Luca if, if there's – Luca's failed with a lot of different types of players. Uh, you know, he doesn't work with the Brunson type, doesn't work with the Porzingis type, all these things. But a, a big who can catch lobs and, and defend and just set solid screens, that works. So get as many of those as you can. Just don't ask for the fucking ball. No, and you'll no, get along no. Yeah, break. sorry, Gafford. You're, you're, you're going to get it when Luca tells you to. That's, that, that's about it. But, but I yes. think he'll, he'll fit that role really nicely. And so, yeah, love that from that perspective. Um, and they did, they did get a lot better. Like, like as long as P.J. Washington can, you know, step into that role, be, be what sort of the idea of Grant Williams was without all the issues and can stay on the floor and 
uh, you know, surprise some people. That's great. The only thing uh, with PJ Washington that kind of worries me is that he came into the league and was an okay three point shooter in terms of percentage. Uh, and I still think he is like, there's a good shooter in there, but as his attempts have gone up, his percentage has steadily gone down, which is a bad sign. You'd, you you do not want that. Uh, and, and, you know, I think on the whole, he'll get more three point shots in Dallas. I think there'll be more open shots because Luca gets blitzed, blitzed yep. constantly. So hopefully he can get that percentage back up, but we'll have to watch that because if he can't, if he's like a 32, I think right now this year he's like at 32%. If he's that low, that's going to be an issue to keep him out there um, mm-hmm. unless he can make up for it in other ways. But we'll see. I, I do like him as a player. Uh, and, and again, these guys fit Luca's timeline. They're good, you know, front court depth pieces. Um, and when the Mavs, like, it, to me, like, they're, they're like a team out West that's like, you do not want to be matched up with them. If you go through a slog of the season, no, you're like the no. three seed. First round series, I think they're the, the last team you want to play. Jesus Christ. Because Luca, it doesn't even matter who's out there. Luca can beat you all on his own in a playoff series. Uh, like yeah. it, It's it's going to be scary. So they're kind of, to me, like a sleeping giant out there. They're still not to the point where... Like, I, honestly, I think they scare me more than the Kings do at this point. Oh, 100%. I would say absolutely they would. Yeah, I, w- I would be way more yeah. scared. Just... just yeah, because of what Luca can do, and and you've got Kyrie as more well. More than the I mean, Pelicans too. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree. Yeah, so so yeah, well, we, I I do think they're the you know the, they will have something to say, and they have gotten much better, but they they're now just basically have no no way to improve through the draft. All of their picks are gone. They've got they've gotten rid of mm-hmm, all of their mm-hmm. first round picks, um, and this is kind of who they're they're dealing with. It's still not good enough for a championship team. I think that's clear to everyone. So they're gonna have to bank on you know a lot of development from guys like lively and josh green and all these young guys that they've got on their their team um so yeah so it's a it's a risk but i think you know that's what you do when you have a player like luca you throw it all on the table you say give me just give, mm-hmm, put mm-hmm. the best team around him immediately um and and we'll see what they can do but yeah they'll, they'll be an interesting team to watch because when they've got everyone healthy like you know you got kleba out there playing with either gafford or uh uh you know lively like they've got some versatility there like I, they're they're a very interesting team to me so so yeah they'll, they'll be a fun one to watch uh, going forward well uh to move on jordan uh, i bonafide title contender right now also making a, a big move a big splash here uh in the, the oklahoma city thunder yep. trading for gordon hayward from the charlotte hornets uh, the hornets really embracing the tank here i mean they're already so fucking bad they might as well uh can't get any worse nope. uh but uh, in exchange for gordon hayward the hornets got trey man Vasily Micic, Davis Bertans, and draft compensation. Uh, interesting, uh, you know, trade here for the Thunder to go out and get Gordon Hayward, uh, you know, a veteran uh, of the league, you know, a former all-star with the Jazz. Uh, might, I don't know if he ever made it with the Celtics. Don't think he, uh, no. I think that destroyed leg was Yeah, uh, did he even the, ever the, play? The oh, no, he did, didn't he even play really with was, the That Celtics was the first that? game. No, I know, but did he come back? Not and, barely, yeah, barely. I think I don't even yeah. remember him actually moving around in a Celtics uniform. <laughs> Very sad because yeah. that was that was kind of hype at the time, but uh, you know, Hornets let Tatum what, break like out. I guess is the silver lining. I guess. Oh yeah, he still got paid. <laughs> uh, he's got like four daughters. He's trying for a boy. Uh, it's not working yeah. out for him. But uh, Gordon Hayward uh, going to uh, you know that that young and gun uh, OKC team led by uh, SGA. Uh, a lot to uh, kind of dive into the, on this trade, uh, but overall, Jordan, I like it. I think it's good to get kind of a a. a, a a proven guy in there. Well, he doesn't have a lot of playoff experience or anything. Like I actually think at this point, him and SGA might have about equal playoff games 
uh, you know, in their bag. Uh, you know, even SGA only getting that first round, the first two years of his career with uh, the, the the Chris Paul Thunder, yeah. and uh, you know, his rookie year with the Clippers, uh, you know, with Pat Bev at the helm, uh, that that eight seed uh, team. I think they took a win off the Warriors that year in 2019. Yeah. Uh, but even at, with all that being said. Uh, I do think it'll help uh, both on the court and off the court. Uh, you know, he's going to be a good passing wing, got great size. He can take it to the rim. He's got a reliable uh, jump shot. And, you know, his defense isn't too shabby either. I'm just curious to know how they're going to use him. Like, I'm assuming he's going to be the new starting three. He might end up being kind of a small ball four, but we've talked about it before. They've kind of stockpiled all these really good rotational players that are almost getting to a point that it's a problem because you almost have – too much talent, too many guys. Like I, I think I would have liked to see them trade a couple people just to kind of make some room. Like I think you could probably get some value for Isaiah Joe on the trade market. Uh, you know, uh, uh, you're hanging on to Lou Dort, who's got a kind of a bigger contract uh, in comparison to some of these other guys. Uh, and you know, his role, I would assume, uh, you know, he's either going to be moved to the bench or Josh Giddy will be moved to the bench. Uh, but I don't really think that they want to move either of them. So I, I'm a little. I'm interested. I'm speculative of how it's all going to work out. But overall, I think it's a smart move for the Thunder. You know, they, they make a low risk investment here in getting, a, you know, a, a reliable player in Hayward to, you know, potentially give them big minutes down the stretch. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think I, I heard someone put it this way uh, recently. He's just, he's really just Josh Giddy insurance. Like Giddy kind of plays that, uh, you know, mixed forward role a lot of the time, uh, you know, and, and I think. In, in the playoffs, I, I think teams will take advantage of the fact that they really don't need to guard him that much. Like, Giddy's going to be, they're going to lay off of him. You can't do that with Hayward. And when he's out there with with a lineup, you know, as you say, you know, playing that three slash four. But I, I think really he'll be mm-hmm. the four as the tallest of, of these, these guys. But uh, SGA, uh, wing Jalen Williams, Dort, him, uh, and and Chet. That's that's a good, versatile lineup. I, I, I think my only sort of issue with him or like question was it with him is if he can keep up defensively. Cause the Thunder have been, you know, a really good defensive mm-hmm. team. Gordon Hayward's a little bit older now, uh, n- never has been the best, uh, sort of defensive guy, but he's, he's a true six, nope. seven, like he's going to be out there and be able to just provide some size, a little bit of rebounding and just shooting and, and playmaking too. Like he's, he's the type of, he's the exact type yeah, of guy yeah. that the Thunder have targeted uh, you know they've always they've obviously been much younger guys but guys who don't hold on to the ball they can move it they can make plays off of the dribble they can shoot it they're skilled and they're smart uh so i think he just fits into their system perfectly and he's a guy as you say with with quite a bit of experience now not yeah not too much in the playoffs uh and and for sure not recently obviously but i think he is a guy who they're going to respect uh and who is going to need respect from other teams too as a shooter like what when he's out there and when, when the game matters again, if he's healthy, like he, he can, he can win games for you, uh, you know, and, and for, for the thunder yeah, in yeah. the playoffs. Definitely raises the ceiling. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. So I, I really like it. Um, he, he wasn't the type of guy I would, I was thinking that they were going to go get. And I think everyone was on the same page that mm-hmm. they needed a big and literally in my notes, I, I, I was like, uh, okay, you know, they went, they went this with this move, but they need a big in the buyout market right before we come on, they signed Bismack yeah. Biombo, the perfect, the perfect guy Great for move. that. Um, is back. And you know, he because basically One of the like you you can't only roll out uh Chet as your only center uh when you're possibly yeah. and more than likely gonna have to face Jokic at some point. Like it's just it's not a good idea. But I, I, I like that they went with someone, you know, when I thought about it more, I like that they went with someone like 
uh, Hayward over actually spending anything for a big because you don't want to actually change how you play. Like their their five out system yeah. of you know sort of balanced attack from all over the place. If you actually spend some of your you know war chest or something on someone like you know whatever you 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 blow away the Raptors and try and get Jakob Pertle or something. He doesn't really fit what they do, yeah. and he's not going to really make a difference against Jokic at the end of the day. I mean. Jokic made Anthony Davis look like a fucking, uh, you know, baby uh, on defense last year. Like, you, you're yeah, not actually going to yeah. stop him. You just need a big body for when Chet fouls out or something, and you just need someone who can sort yeah. of keep up with him. Foul and, the shit out of them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You just need, yeah, someone to, to rack up those uh, those foul numbers. So might as well just pick them up as a buyout guy like Biombo. That's perfect, rather than spend anything mm-hmm. worth spending on him. So uh, Another vet, too. Yeah, yeah, and you know, yeah. Ultimately, I, I, I love sort of that that reasoning, and and Hay- Hayward is a, a good guy to to sort of go and and you know take a chance on. Like Trey Mann, uh, you know, he he was uh, he's still intriguing, and I think the Hornets might actually be able to use him like as a backup to to Lamelo. Like he, he uh, but he was never going to get play on the Thunder because you've got SGA and you've got Casein Wallace now, who they've been you know they clearly really like and has been awesome. Um, so, so you're not yeah. really giving up much if, if you're the thunder at the end of the day. So yeah, all in all, I like it. We'll see though, because it's Gordon Hayward. Like he might not be healthy, uh, and he, and, and therefore yeah, even yeah, if he's true. like, you know, set to play or whatever, he might not really get much playing time, uh, at the end of the day here, but you haven't really given up much of anything. So might as well give it a shot. It, it, it raises your, your ceiling without doing anything to your floor really. Well, another uh, big move uh, by a team that uh, has been uh, trying to climb the, the the ranks there in the Eastern Conference. Obviously, some recent injury, bad luck uh, on their side. But, yeah. uh, you know, they're rallying through it. They're pushing. But uh, the New York Knicks going out and making a big splash, getting uh, Bojan yeah, Bo Bogdanovich and Alec Burks going to uh, the New York Knicks uh, in exchange for Quinton Grimes, Evan Fournier, Malachi Flynn, already on the move again, yes. uh, Ryan Archie Adakino, and two future second-round picks. Uh, essentially four guys they weren't playing, didn't have any use for. Uh, you know, Quentin Grimes maybe the, the rare exception there. Uh, but, uh, you know, the, those two second-round picks also not the huge, uh, the, the, the biggest of losses. Uh, but in the exchange, you know, they're getting two guys who they can really rely on uh, in the playoffs uh, once they get there. Uh, Alec Burks has already played for the Knicks, if I'm recalling correctly. Yep, yep. Uh, and I believe he actually played pretty well for them in the past. Uh, you know, not the, the greatest teams, but he was a serviceable guy there. So he'll he'll be familiar with it. It's not like this is a, a huge new uh, place for him. And then you got Bogdanovich, who no matter where he goes, he impacts winning. Yeah. Uh, you know, one of the maybe the best role players that you could have in the NBA. Yeah. Uh, he never, you know, goes out of the comfort zone, but he always gives you really good defense. He can stretch the floor. He's a big body. I think he's like 6'8". Yeah. Uh, you can really barrel in there, use his post moves, strong rebounder. Like, he does a little bit of everything you need on a winning team. And whether, you know, they decide to start him, uh, you know, as that new small forward or come off the bench as kind of a super sub with Burks, I think this is a huge win for the Knicks, uh, especially if they, you know if and when they're fully healthy. Like this is going to be a tough team to beat. Like they are going to be smash mouth New York basketball. Uh, and uh, I, I another team that I think if you're at the top of the Eastern Conference, we've seen some of these teams be a little soft and fold. Like oh, yeah. the, I don't think the Bucks or the Celtics or the Cavs uh, or even a healthy 76ers. I don't think anybody in the East wants to fuck with the Knicks right now. No, definitely not. And th- th- they they make might be you know the biggest winner of this trade deadline. I mean, they get these these guys mm-hmm. uh, in in Burks and Boyan, both uh, more than forty percent from three, just like great shooters. Uh, and and they all of their like everything that they've gotten 
they haven't had to give up a first round pick. Like they still have uh, their 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 pick yeah. stash that they've been kind of hoarding here. Uh, and and yeah, as you say, take notes, Masai. <laughs> there you go. Well, as you say, I mean, Fournier. Uh, they've been obviously he's been bound to be moved. Uh, you know, for for quite a while now. He deserves and, to play for my Detroit Pistons. Yes, fuck him. Yes, and you got Mal- Malachi back. You have a friendly face. You drive down there. Uh, yeah, know, yeah, I've been him. missing them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I just wish we could have got Precious. I know he's getting forty two <laughs> minutes right now yes, for yes, the Knicks, but playing a shitload. Yeah, playing well, which is uh, quite frustrating, but. Uh, and the, the the only <laughs> the only thing that I found weird about you know who they sent out and what's been reported these last couple weeks that Grimes is suddenly not someone Tibbs wanted to play. Like I, I think Quentin Grimes is great. Like he, he yeah that was weird. He just yeah. he was so good for them last year. Plays his fucking ass off. Is it seems like the perfect mm-hmm. Tibbs type of guy. Uh, and you know at the you know a, a shooting guard who's still really young and. Yeah, he hasn't. He's not the most consistent shooter. He's not really a knockdown guy, but he he can hit them. And you know, I, I, I it's just very weird that they s- sort of seem to have soured on him very quickly. But you know, d- replacing him. George, with- did you know that Quentin Grimes, uh, his brother, plays for the Vancouver Canucks? No, are you serious? His its half brother is Tyler Myers, who's a defenseman for the Canucks. What the fuck? Quentin Grimes also has my birthday. Yeah. Shout out Quentin Grimes, May eighth, baby, May eighth, gang. Wow, um, interesting. We, Maybe he honorary Canadian. Yeah, have to, uh, have to be. Yeah. Masai, get on that. Honestly, Pretty sure I was, Canadian. Hey, I was. If I he's was, not, whatever. You're you're a Canadian, anyways. <laughs> I I when when Bruce Brown was gonna maybe be a Nick, I was really hoping that Grimes, uh, you know, Masai could pull Grimes away because uh, yeah, I, I think he's got a lot left to give. So that's weird. But everyone else they've given up, even Archie Diakono, you know, the the Villanova legend. Uh, that's fine. He was never gonna get playing time. Um, and, and yeah, you replace them with two good, solid, uh, rotation guys, uh, who, and, and, and it's good because they're sort of re they're replenishing that depth that they lost in the OG trade. You're bringing in one guy for two, uh, you know, uh, you know, yep. obviously he fits better in that starting lineup than Barrett did, but then you lose quickly off the bench who was big for them. But now with these two guys, you really have like your 10 man unit is fucking strong. Like across the board, once you have everyone there. Um, that's, that's just, you know, you, you've got contributors all over the place, great shooters, great rugged defenders. Uh, and yeah, they're going to be a mm-hmm. tough, tough, tough out, but I'm worried now. And I don't want to, you know, I know New York's going crazy. It's Ooh, buzzing. Worries. I'm worried that that they're too much of that type of team. Like, Oh, they're going to be a tough out. They're going to be, you know, they're mm-hmm. going to be tough to play. I think they might be too deep. I think they might just, I think they might have a few, if everyone's healthy in the playoffs, just might have a few too many guys that they're going to have to play and and then are lacking sort of the top level talent because again you have Jalen Brunson who's awesome shout out Becky Hammond uh you know and what we talked about he can't be your number one flat out leading sort of guy if you hope to actually you know make a real run at the the championship your next best guy is then Julius Randle. Mm-hmm. How much do we really believe in Julius Randle? Uh again no. I mean, yeah. we, we, we yeah. he's He's still the big question mark on this team. Like, yeah, him, him and Brunson aren't winning a fucking title. No, that's... Even with a good, solid team like this. Well, that's what I mean. I think they've built out the team with those two as the main figureheads, sort of as as well as you can. But I think they, the Knicks, mm-hmm. have one more move, which will involve, uh, you know, Randall, their picks, and then maybe one of these guys that they've, you know, uh, uh, traded for recently. Obviously, it's not going to happen this year, but, it'll be, you know, in the offseason or next year... Um, mm-hmm. that will then put them on that, you know, top tier championship level. And I'm even thinking, like, I'm thinking about who you could replace him with. This 
this might be a lateral move. I don't know, but I, I actually don't think it is. I think you can maybe talk yourself into that, this guy being the one that you want. But like, what if you were to throw everything you had at the Jazz for Markkanen? Uh, because then you have him mm-hmm. and you have, you know, probably still a lot of the depth that you've just, you've just gotten. Um, and, and Brunson, I, I like that better because Markkanen is just so much more of a skilled kind of sh- player. I think he's got uh, yep. more levels yep. to get up to. Um, so someone like that, or, hey man, you know, maybe, maybe they go after Zion finally, Z- they yeah, finally Zion, make that happen. Uh, I mean, Zion, I don't know. God, Zion's still a huge question mark about, you know, his sort of future as a yes, player, but yes. still, you know, it, it, it would be an interesting one. Paul George still hasn't signed his extension. Uh, you know, that's something that is still potentially maybe up in the air. That'd like, be interesting. There's, there's, there's. I would fuck, uh, fuck the Clippers up pretty good. Hundred percent. Yeah. So there's, there's, there's things you can do. So that's my only worry with the Knicks. But like again, it's not a worry. The Knicks have been the laughingstock of the league for so long. If all they are is this frisky team that could make the conference finals and really challenge people, that's a great. That's like a miracle for mm-hmm. them. But just in terms of the, you know, everyone talking about, oh, the Knicks could be sneaky finals contenders. Oh, they could do I don't think they're quite there because, again, you've got an undersized point guard, as good as he is, and then Julius Randle. That's that's not your your top two who are going to win you a championship. But you now have filled out the team. You've got, you know, an amazing group, uh, and you have the ability to then, you know, level up one more time for that top-tier star. Uh, Not sure who that's going to be, but uh, they've put themselves in just a great position. And then, yeah, this year... Like yeah, they're 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 one of the last teams you'd want to see out east. Like even if you're, uh, you know, in a first round series, whether it's like the four five, uh, or or you know whatever it is, uh, the 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 Knicks they're gonna beat you up. They're gonna be physical. They're gonna you know Brunson's gonna uh, hit a bunch of tough uh, you know frustrating shots. No matter how good of defense you play, and it's gonna be it's gonna be tough. Yeah. They're gonna smash that fucking offensive glass. You got OG switching and you know uh making your life hell it's it's they're a really 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 good team and, and they got much better well uh jordan to, to get into another team that uh, made it made a good move here uh someone who they've been kind of rumored to go after another kind of contender there in the eastern conference uh obviously they're they're kind of down bad after losing a uh, potential mvp candidate joel Embiid uh, due to that torn meniscus that we had spoken about before yeah. but Philadelphia 76ers going out and getting Buddy Heald from the Indiana Pacers. In exchange, the Pacers got Doug McDermott, Furkan Korkmaz, and a 2024 second-round pick from the, uh, the Toronto Raptors, as well as a 2029 second-round pick. Uh, and the Spurs were also in the mix to, to make this all work with Marcus Moore Sr. and a 2029 second-round pick going to the Spurs. Yep. Uh, a good move, I think, all around for the 76ers. It is just really tough to evaluate right now with Joel Embiid still on the shelf and not knowing what kind of Joel Embiid we're going to get back when he does return to the lineup. Because getting any kind of shooter like Buddy Heald, that's a great mix. You want to have a guy like that. Uh, You know, him and uh, Tobias Harris just stretching out the floor while uh, Maxie and Embiid run uh, pick and rolls, in theory, should work really well. He's a reliable scorer. We've seen him shoot at a high clip uh, and shoot efficiently at a really high rate. So I, I think that you know he was one of the the most thought after uh, you know trade pieces for the last two seasons, and someone finally you know gets uh, Indiana to bite there yeah. as his contract starts to kind of come to a uh, closer to an end. Uh, I, I like the move for Philly. I don't think they give up all that much to get them either. You know, some bench pieces, but I do think that this is going to make things a little tougher, giving up a little bit of that depth, even if it's not that great of depth. Uh, you know, giving up some of that to get him 
while you haven't beat out because we've already seen them start to kind of slowly descend down the Eastern Conference rankings. Yeah. There's a good chance. They're only two and a half games uh, ahead of the Magic and the Heat. They might be falling into the play-in mix, and that's really dangerous. Uh, you know, Again, depending on how Embiid comes back, how motivated he's going to be to have to play in the play-in potentially. Uh, you know, I, I'm interested to see how it's all going to go, but uh, I, I think if all works out, they get into one of those eight playoff spots uh, and they're, the team's fully healthy and Embiid's back to playing how he is, I think this could be a, a pretty nice move for a team, uh, at least uh, going front-end uh, loading-wise. Yeah, yeah, I... I, I... I agree. It, this trade to me, it sort of depends what's going on with Embiid ultimately. Like for just someone to add to an Embiid, you know, heavy team, like when Embiid's out there and able to play, Buddy Heald is just, he's awesome. And I mean, he's, he's been someone yep. uh, who's been sort of linked to, to uh, you know, the Sixers for, for a while. Like, and he's perfect. Like he's like any, any amazing shooter you put around Embiid, uh, you know, and who is especially if they can do a little bit more than that, which, which buddy definitely can, um, you know, like going back to, uh, you know, JJ Redick, like any, any awesome, just Seth Curry, anyone mm-hmm. who the Sixers have had, who can really knock it down. It's just the, the, the perfect sort of type of player to put out there around Embiid. So I, I love it from that perspective because yeah, Maxi with the ball in his hands, uh, you know, buddy just spotting up, uh, whether that's off of, you know, pick and roll, you know, shooting it out to the corner, you know, uh, pin downs, uh, you know, however you want to do it. Uh, you know, he, he's just a great knockdown shooter and a great movement shooter. Um, and, and so, yeah, I, I, I love it from the perspective of a fully healthy Sixers team. My only thing is now, mm-hmm. not only have you picked up Buddy Heald, who isn't much of a defender, but you've now gotten rid of Patrick Beverly, who was one of your few sort of serviceable backcourt mm-hmm. defenders. With and him now, going to the Bucks. Yeah, yeah, which, again, that, that filled a need for them. Good move for the Bucks, especially if it's just for Cameron mm-hmm. Payne. Uh, you know, might as well. Um, Dame will bust his ass, though. The, 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 they got their history. Yes, for sure. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, like, you know, say what you will about Pat Bev. He's, he's ridiculous. He's a bit of a joke. But, you know, he does try on defense, and he does make people's lives mm-hmm. hard, you know, other opposing ball handlers. Um, and so now the Sixers, without Embiid to, you know uh, – cover for anyone, you know, any poor perimeter defenders, you know, hang back at the rim, protect it. You, you now have uh, Maxi who doesn't defend. You have Heald who doesn't defend. And now you really, you've just got Melton. That's the only guy you can rely on back there uh, and, and no one protecting the rim. So mm-hmm. I think it's just going to be tough for them to hang tight in the, in the standings uh, with all these other teams kind of scrapping and clawing uh, to, to, to do well out East and avoid that play. in I think they are naturally going to drop for as long as Embiid is out. And Maxi can go off. Buddy Heald can go off as much as they want. It's going to be much easier for mm-hmm. them to get open shots and good shots without Embiid out there. Uh, and then defensively, they're just really not good. They just they do not have good defensive personnel. Um, and it's just it, it's so from that perspective, I, I think it's just going to be hard for them to stay afloat. Um, but like you know, how much can you push it? How much can Maxi be? How much can you rely on on Buddy Heald to add that pop of shooting mm-hmm. to get some wins? to keep you afloat for when he does come back because yeah, that, that is, that is an awesome guy to add to a, to a, you know, fully healthy Sixers team. Uh, and, and it does make them more, much more dangerous, I think, you know, in, in the playoffs. Um, but it's going to be whether or not, uh, you know, Embiid comes back and can be himself in time to save them from the play in and from some really un- unfavorable first round matchups where you got to be on the road throughout the entire playoffs. Uh, and, and, you know, mm-hmm. and it, it's just, 
you know, it's, 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 yeah, it's, it's a good move, but it's just tough overall, just the outlook for the Sixers that this Embiid injury happened at all because they were looking so good. Like they were looking like yeah. they were going to challenge for that two seed, maybe even, you know, looking down Boston's, uh, you know, neck yeah, at, yeah. at the one seed there at one point. Um, and, and that's, that's really the, the place you want to be going from, uh, you know, with a, with a team with Embiid, you want, you know, the, the, the home court, uh, you know, an, an easier first round matchup where he doesn't have to exert all of his energy. So he can finally put together this playoff run that we're talking about. But now, you know, th- this move, like if, if they had kept Pat Bev and m- maybe gone out and addressed, you know, a, a, a defensive issue that they had, then, then, you know, they would have been in better position to sort of ma- manage this Embiid, uh, Embiidless time. Now they're not. So yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's, I, I'm kind of mixed. I have mixed emotions about, uh, about this trade, but you know, hopefully the big fella can come back soon and we can see this team uh, sort of, you know, as it is constructed with everybody out there, um, you know? So yeah, we, 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 we'll see, but I think it's just, it's also going to be about, you know, the, the Embiid sort of vicious cycle of not only is he out, but then he gets out of shape and he needs time to ramp back up. Uh, and then that it's during that period that he's more prone to injuries as well. So it's, it, it's, we knew yeah. this already, but it's it's all about Embiid on this team. But yeah, theoretically, once he's backed, but Buddy Heel does does help quite a bit, and and he adds a really uh, you know another dynamic to an already uh, awesome offense out there. And you don't really give up anyone for him either. I mean, two seconds and Corkmaz, yeah, might yeah. as well do it. Maybe will 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 he be a, a JJ Redick or a Danny Green? Only time will yeah, tell. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, but uh, to. To finish up uh, the the podcast, the final uh, team we're going to talk about here is a team that actually didn't make any moves at the trade deadline, uh, or at least trades uh, they didn't make. Yep. One move the Los Angeles Lakers did make, however, was acquiring Spencer Dinwiddie after being bought out by the Raptors. Uh, he was courtside uh, with Palenka last night uh, at the Lakers game, and uh, you know now is officially a member of the team. Likely going to have a huge role with this team, whether it's uh, you know in the starting lineup over D'Lo or uh, more likely probably as a, a six-man coming off the bench. Yep. Uh, Jordan, I mean, we, this is a make-or-break season for the Lakers, uh, a season full of you know ups and downs and obviously failed expectations. And uh, I overall think that this is laughable, the amount of effort that they, they put in uh, at this trade deadline. Like, you're ninth already. You're two games over, 500. And there's, I don't think you beat any of the teams that are ahead of you right now. They don't beat the Mavericks. They don't beat the Pelicans. Don't beat the Kings, Suns, Nuggets, Clippers, Thunder, Timberwolves. They don't beat any of those teams. The Jazz will put up a good fight when they play in the play-in team, uh, if that's the team they play. Or if they play the Warriors, I mean, the Warriors would give them heck. Uh, Even the Rockets would be a tough one for them if they played them in the play-in. But they're not going to get into the top six. There's no chance. LeBron and AD have shown their hands. They've they've played as well as they can. Uh, And, you know, it's not to blame them by any means, but the team around them isn't good. Uh, Like I laid it out to you, I said their their death lineup might be – Dinwiddie, D'Lo, Reeves, and then AD LeBron. Yep. That is fucking ass. That is horrible. <laughs> that team, like, and people still have expectations. Think that uh, LeBron is somehow going to take them to the finals. Like, it's not 2015 anymore. He can't do it. It just, it's not, it's, he's not that guy. He's still one of the best players on the planet, but he's not that guy anymore. And everyone knows that. 
And it's not to be mean to LeBron or talk down to him by any means, but it's true. He's not good enough to will a team that's this bad to the finals and uh, or even at this point to the playoffs. Like if they get through the play in, that's a miracle to me. Uh, right right now, I think that, you know, they, they didn't have much assets to move, but they, they could have tried and done something. Uh, obviously, the DeJounte Murray trades didn't work out. Zach Levine getting shut down for the season didn't help. Yeah. Uh, but overall, making no efforts to even get even deeper or anything uh, is pretty sad to me. And I think the, the Lakers season, you might as well call it a wraps right now. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I And, and yeah, I, I, I mostly agree. I mean, like... I said there's no there's no move that I could sort of consider or conceive of in my head that would make the, the, the Lakers a legit title contender. And that was true. And so I'm glad they didn't make any moves. I yeah. think it was a smart thing to not make any moves at the end of the day because, like, yeah, they could have made – maybe there could have been a few fringe moves, but it wouldn't have moved the needle anyway. So now that you're just should getting – LeBron. Now that you're just getting a buyout guy uh, in, in Din Shitty uh, for nothing, I think that's – best case scenario in terms of you know who who you you can pick up they are desperate for a bench point he guard. is gonna ball out he's playing in crypto.com arena man yes, he loves yes, that exactly yeah and like he's, he, i think he might be bankrupt because didn't didn't he do his like whole nets contract in uh, crypto something. or something like 50 percent of it was fucked up yeah yeah he's he's an odd oddball uh that's for sure but you know i think he when he was in Dallas, he, he worked really well next to Luca. And I'm, I'm like Luca and LeBron, you kind of yeah, have to yeah. evaluate them similarly, like who's going to work next to them. Uh, and, and I think, you know, that kind of plays into it. Like he, Dallas was the other team who maybe he was going to go to, you know, on the buyout market, it sounded like it was between Dallas and LA, but I think he will work nicely next to LeBron as like a guy who can knock down a, you know, yeah. a, a standstill shot. Uh, you know, if you kick it out to him, from three, he can attack, you know, a shifting defense, a closeout. He's got some size. And, you know, will it just bring some pop to their bench unit? I think he mostly will be playing with with the bench um, because I think finally mm-hmm. Hachimura has come around to playing well. But I think what what I like about it for, for the Lakers is that you can, if you're Darvin Ham, you can just sort of see who's playing better, D'Angelo Russell or Spencer Dinwiddie, and just play them. Whoever's hitting more shots that night, Roll yeah. them out because you like you know. Delo's e- ego will not let him come off the bench though. He'll no, be starting every game. Absolutely not. Yes, yes. Um, and uh, again, Delo doesn't care if he doesn't again. play the fourth quarter. No, no, no. But you know, yep. Delo's. Yes. Okay. We know. We, we should talk about. He, he has been scoring the rock like yeah. crazy. And and again, like D'Angelo Russell, in theory, if he was going to work anywhere, it is on this Lakers team. We just need someone to yep. just go and just put up shots, take shots, work in the pick and roll. You're not a great defender. You you know that. You realize that. Fine. You've got other good defenders, or at least serviceable defenders, uh, you know, around. And you've got Anthony Davis back there on the back line. That's fine. But yeah, like recently, you know, he's been playing better. But you know, on the on the nights where inevitably he sucks uh, in the playoffs, then you can put in Spencer Dinwiddie. You know, if, if the Lakers make it that far, as you point out, that's that's true. But you know, mm-hmm. potentially, yep. you know, hypothetically, in the Lakers' mind, on those nights, you can put in Spencer Dinwiddie instead. He kind of fills a similar role, you know, pick and roll ball handler can play off ball a little bit. So I like it because you're literally, you might as well go and do it. You're not giving up anything. Um, and, and, but yeah, ultimately, you know, the, the Lakers are the Lakers. They're just not, they've had a fully healthy season basically from LeBron and AD. Uh, they, they've looked mm-hmm. so up and down uh, and they've just not been able to put any sort of stretch together where you think, Oh yeah, they can go, get back to the conference finals. Um, and that's, and that's sort of counterintuitively because LeBron and Anthony Davis have been playing so well. Like they've been playing so well and have ba- missed mm-hmm. barely any time 
And if you're still not, you know, putting together, you know, a good stretch of winning games, uh, it, it's just that that's the worst sign you could possibly have. And again, if Austin Reeves is your third best guy, I'm sorry, that's not that's not good. That's not a good team. He's got to be like, ideally, Austin Reeves is like your yeah. fifth glue guy starter. Like you, you ideally yep, not yep, only have two yep. guys better than him, but three and four guys better than him. Um, so you know, it's 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 the Lakers are still the Lakers. Their fate to me hasn't changed. But I do think Dinwiddie, if there was one place he was going to go to sort of make a difference and and actually play well, I, I do think it is the Lakers. So I, I like the move, and I like that they didn't make some sort of dumb. Dumbass move uh, to to you know which could have potentially depleted their depth even more and made them marginally better mm-hmm. at best uh, you know and and potentially even worse. So for once, I think Rob Rob Blink yeah, kept yeah. his head on his shoulders, made a right move here. Um, but uh, I agree, it, Lakers aren't doing anything significant uh, this year. I'd be shocked. Well, let us know, Epic Dog Ball Talk, what you thought of this year's. NBA trade deadline. Uh, get at us on X, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook for the old heads at Big Dog Ball Talk. We want to hear from you. Who's your title favorite right now? Yeah, now it? that the the rosters are Celtics. set, we know the dust is settled. Who you got? Who you got going all the way? I think that they probably have the odds on favorite, but uh, let us know who you think is going to hoist the the Larry Ob uh, at Big Dog Ball Talk. And we'll be back on Monday. Uh, you know, talking about uh, all the action that uh, is going to happen over the weekend of uh, the, the the NBA. Yep. But until then. Big, big dog ball talk by Dicorn and Jordan Flegel. And as my good friend Jordan always says, there is no such thing as an appropriate joke. That's why it's a joke. You remember that one, Matt? I watched. It's true. I watched I do. the uh, sexual harassment episode of uh, The Office at the dentist the other day. They had they, they let me pick a show. Nice. Um, good taste. It didn't. It like as I was watching it when it was you know when we were in high school or whatever close to when it came out or whenever that was I'm like oh this is a bit inappropriate. It is so funny how uh, you know so like just stupid and yes inappropriate but you know it's it's aged in a hilarious way. I'd, I'd advise uh, people to go back and watch it. Oh yeah, the, yeah. the dumbest uh, most ridiculous episode. Um, so yeah, shout out Steve Carell, shout out the office. How have more of these my sayings not just been office quotes? Because that is basically uh, you know all I say. That's it should be ninety percent. Yeah, that'd, that'd be good. Uh, Bears beats Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> yeah, That's uh, everybody's always uh, always their favorite. Yeah. Uh, but uh, uh, they're, 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 there's got to be a billion of them out there. So uh, we'll save them for a nice sprinkle here and there. Yes. But uh, yeah, go, go go help yourself. Go watch The Office once if you haven't watched it. Uh, I'll, I'll save everyone else that you're uh, going to talk to about it, the the trouble. The first season slow. Yeah. Just get through it and you'll be fine. And uh, after like season six, you don't have to finish it. No. Uh, no. Except for just watch the finale. Uh, that's that's my expert advice on that. Thank you.